All right, come on, come on. Let's do it. Let's do the podcast, hey? It's Aiden Jones. You are listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 13th of December, 2022. How are you guys doing? I'm fucking so tired. Do you ever get that tiredness when your eyes are just like, can't let us shut, let us occlude? That's a new word I learned. How cool is this? I'm in Darwin at the moment. I'm staying uh, with a local comic and his dad is here and his dad is a uh, orthodontist and um, he uh, was talking about, oh, what is it, class class three and class two, the different, like when, you, when your lower part of your jaw is protruding out, I think that's a class three occlusion and when it's, when it's back, it's a class two. And when it's even, it's a class one perfect occlusion. An occlusion, I've discovered, O-C-C-L-U-S-I-O-N, is when something covers a hole. So like your teeth occlude and they cover the hole in your mouth. But also something like a blood vessel, like a blood clot, can be an occlusion in a blood vessel. How cool is that? How often do you learn a new word, hey? Oh, wonderful little bit of tea. My man's so fucking cool, man. He's a retired orthodontist and he just, he's fucking still passionate about it. He has all these facts. It's so nice. So I'm up in Darwin. It's been good. You know what I just did actually? And I think maybe why I'm so tired is um, me and my girlfriend just said goodbye for the next like four and a half, five months. I'm not going to see her until May next year. But we're doing it. I I can't remember how much I've said on the podcast previously, but you know she was going to go away, and it was very sad. But we've made the decision. We're going to do it. We're going to do long distance for like four and a half months. She's going to come back to Australia for a couple, two, three weeks, and then all visas and everything allowing, I will be moving back to the UK at the end of June next year to wherever she gets a job, hopefully London. Um, it's all still kind of very up in the air and whatever, but we've been talking about it and it's really exciting, man. I'm really excited about it. I've, you know, I have a, a list of like goals, like kind of long-term life goals on the wall of my room that I wrote like two or three years ago. And I think I spoke about one of them a few weeks ago. One of them was record a stand-up album and put it out. By the way, my tea, dude, I've been sitting here for like half an hour doing stuff. I just announced my tour today. Fuck, I'm all over the place. I literally just announced my tour at 6, 16 p.m. Uh, Northern Territory time. And I just announced my tour, Perth, Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney next year for the new show, which I'm really excited about, whatever. But i got myself the tea for the podcast and then realized that I had to do that today. I've also just said goodbye to my girlfriend. I literally just dropped her at the airport like an hour ago and um, (laughs) I'm fucking, I'm emotionally fried. I'm physically fried. My eyes are just like, fuck off. I still have to do the podcast. I got to talk to you guys and um and then after this, I've got to go drive the car to my mate's place who's going tomorrow. We're leaving on the tour, going to Catherine first, doing a show in Catherine tomorrow night, and then Tennant Creek the night after. 
and uh, he's a teacher and he's taking sick days Thursday, Friday and just lying and saying that he's sick because they're the last two like, they're not even teaching days, they're just like whatever, planning the new year or something, I don't know. They're just work days and uh, he figured out that if he, he like, he like tested them earlier in the year and they were like, no, nah, you've got to take those unpaid days even though he has the leave. So he's like, fuck you, I'm just going to lie and say that I'm sick. But because of that and I'm picking him up after work tomorrow, he can't come into work with all bags and shit. So I've got to go to his house, pick his bags up and take them home with me tonight so I can just have them in the car when he leaves. Anyway, i got to do a bunch of shit still tonight. And um, I've just spent the last couple of days with my girlfriend just cruising around Darwin. It's been so sick, man. Uh, we went to... Um, yesterday, we went to Florence Falls, which is like an hour and 45 drive away. We left in the morning. We had a bit of brekkie and then left. Um, and it's down in fucking... What's that part of the... What's that area called? Litchfield. In uh, Litchfield. Is that National Park or is it just fucking... Yeah, Litchfield National Park. Um, went out there. And it's like you park the car and it's like a 10-minute walk down to these falls. And oh my God, man. It's incredible. It's so, it's like just a natural, it's a waterfall. We're in the middle of the wet season, even though it's not that wet because of global warming, apparently. Um, there was a guy at the gig who's a comic who uh, also works for the Bureau of Meteorology and he was explaining to me about how dry air above in the higher layer of the atmosphere means that storms try to form, but then they can't because they get sucked up. I don't know. I didn't fully understand the whole thing, but basically it should be raining right now, but it's not. So it's just hot and muggy and fucking humid, but it's also not raining. It's cooked. Um, yeah, it's just been wet as fuck, but because it's the wet season, normally those places close because they've had heaps of rain by now. They haven't had heaps, but they've had some. So the waterfall is flowing. The level's high. This pool is just, it's incredible, man. And um, <laughs> you know what really annoyed me? What annoys you, Aiden? Come on. What? You went to see a beautiful natural rock pool, fresh water that you can drink and swim in and fucking what could you possibly have found wrong with it? Well, I'll fucking tell you, cunt. Um, all these people rocking up to the rock pool with fucking pool noodles, man. <laughs> Give it a rest. It's like, what more do you need? It's a natural rock pool. We're in a national park. We're in the Northern Territory. This is like historical. This is where indigenous people used to live and like come to these places, you know? They're so special. There's so much history. And like one of the places in Australia where you can really feel the attachment to the land and the country, you know, and start to kind of maybe understand a little bit of what indigenous people have felt for 80,000 years Nah, man, I want to bring a bright pink pool noodle here because I can't swim and I'm a fucking piece of shit and I just want to float around like a fat... <laughs> I just, I don't know. It just feels wrong, you know? It feels like everything that's wrong with the way that we as a society appreciate or don't appreciate the land... And the fucking riches that we have here in Australia, you know? Take a fucking plastic pool noodle to the goddamn... Ugh. 
and it annoyed me that I was there and I found two bit. I found a big plastic water bottle, just like, you know, rubbish. And then I found like a Mentos wrapper. It's like, pick your fucking rubbish up. Uh, I don't know why. Why am I angry? Why am I angry? I shouldn't be angry. I had <laughs> uh, the last three days of my girlfriend for, for five months. I'm swimming in this beautiful water. It was so dope, man. We got there. Pre- we we must have got there at like midday, and it was hot, but it was so it was like perfect in the water. It was cool, but it wasn't cold. But it was hot outside, and we stayed there for three hours. And man, we'd been there for like an hour, and then this bunch of young, fu- you know, I love a bunch of young dudes, man. You know, it was like they must have been eighteen or nineteen, all of them. I I reckon they were there for like a like a footy trip or something. You know, like. I don't know what the fuck it was, but they just, they were all mates and they were there and they were like, they, you know, all kind of went in and then they were climbing up the rock face. Like before when I was there by myself, I like climbed up a little bit of this bit of rock, but it was kind of slippery and I didn't trust myself. And then these boys rocked up and they started climbing and some of them were like, you know, of a similar kind of temperament and level to me. But then there was one who was just like a psycho man. He was climbing up so high. He climbed up this one bit and jumped off and like the waterfall, you like climb up and you're under the waterfall and then you jump through the waterfall into the water. And I was like, that's amazing. And then all the other boys were lining up there and I was like to my girlfriend, I was like, do you want to wait here? And I was like, do you want to watch me? She was like, I'll watch you jump. (laughs) So I went over there. And got in line with these boys and I was chatting to them and they were like, yeah, you just got to climb up like that and it's this bit. And while we were climbing up there and I was chatting to them, their crazy mate had found this other bit on the other side where you like climb up the roots of the tree and then you're even higher and he jumped off there and then he climbed up again and got even higher. And they're the older guy that they were there with, who were like their coach or whatever. Everyone was watching him and the older guy was like, all right, mate, I reckon that's enough. And I heard them going like, well, if he climbs down, it's like more dangerous. So he should probably just jump. (laughs) And I was like, yes, man, the boys, that's what it's all about. I I, I didn't get up to the high bit where he went the third time, but I did climb up the tree root bit and jumped off of there. I was like, I'm not going to be shown up by some fucking kid, you know? So I did the waterfall bit and then I did the tree root thing, but I didn't go back. The last bit that he got to was like a little cave, like halfway up the whole face of the cliff. Oh, it was incredible. Oh, it was incredible. And just the most relaxing day and like talking with my girlfriend about the future and about the plans that we have, you know, when we move. When we go wherever we go, there's a bunch of like milestones that we have to pass through, like my dad adopting me and then getting the visa, me getting the five-year visa for the UK. And she's got to find out if she's accepted into the program that she wants to get into, the five-year residency as a doctor. And then she's got to find out where and if she can get accepted into where she wants to be at, somewhere in London, hopefully, or maybe somewhere like Manchester, Liverpool, whatever. All this kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, so there's a lot that needs to kind of be finalized and it's still yet to come, but we were just talking about, you know, where we're going to live and like our various friends that are over there that we can hang out with and introduce each other to 
and talking about where we want to be in our careers and what we want for the future and our hopes and plans while we're just sitting in this like ancient, you know? I don't even, I don't think it's like a sacred site or anything, but just like this watering hole, you know, this natural rock pool with fresh water flowing and these fucking idiots with their fucking pool noodles, man. You're a loser. You're a loser. You are a loser. <laughs> Who am I to say that my method or my, my way of enjoying it is any better than anyone else's? But here I am saying exactly that. You're a fucking loser with your fluoro pool noodle. <laughs> Go to fucking Wet and Wild, man. Why don't you go to fucking Dream World if you wanted that? Leave it at home. Fuck me, man. <laughs> you fucking loser. Oh. So, yeah, that was great. Oh, we went to this Outback pub that everyone had recommended and the food was great. I had this, uh, it's like a Luxa schnitzel i was skeptical at first but it genuinely did taste like laksa i guess they rolled it and crumbed it in like spices and stuff um but i made the mistake of ordering oysters at like an inland pub <laughs> it's like a two-hour drive from the beach like it's two hours south of the north coast um and i mean i'm sure they were still fairly fresh but they weren't the freshest oysters and you could taste it and I was worried for a bit where I was just like, man, is this what off oysters taste like? And me and my girlfriend are about to both be violently sick for the last 24 hours that we're together. Is she going to be like getting on a plane with a colostomy bag <laughs> to do the next leg of her journey? We're all good. They were just, they were fine. They weren't the best oysters. We had some great oysters the day before. Dude, Darwin fucking rocks, man. Also, notice, how quick am I talking right now? I really, for someone who's just complaining about being tired, I've got a lot of shit to say. I think the last week I've felt really good. The shows that I've been doing, I'm doing all new stuff. I really, like, I've been scared to do it. I'm really pushing myself. I've written a lot in the last two months, and especially the last month, and... Um, it's all kind of coming together. Thursday night in uh, Palmerston was a good show. I felt my energy kind of drop a little bit at one point, but I didn't do any old stuff. I did all stuff from the new show. No old bits in the new show. Then Saturday at Darwin Golf Club, again, didn't do any old stuff. Actually, I think at Palmerston, I did one old bit. Yeah, did I? I can't remember. I might have done one old bit. But at the golf club on Saturday, I did not do a single old bit. And, and it was good, but like the order and everything wasn't quite right. But then on Saturday, on Sunday in Humpty Doo, how's there's a town called Humpty Doo? Hilarious. Moving on. In uh, <laughs> the gig in Humpty Doo, I was told it was going to be like, you know, a bit rowdy or a bit like it was a free show. They just come in. They don't have to buy tickets, but they were lovely. They had two of the best laughers ever. It was probably the best gig I've done all year. Everything just came together. I did 45 minutes. It was all new stuff, all stuff from the new show. Felt good. You know, like it felt like the order. I was just kind of making up and changing a few bits of the orders around like on the fly and it all came together perfectly and it all kind of 
went into each other and I feel like the ideas, the central ideas of the show being like that, that I used to use alcohol as a way to stop having to go through the difficult thing of like interacting with people and feeling close to people because that's hard for me. I feel like that really came across and and was like a theme that ran through the show and um, I just was so fucking happy with it, man. And I'm really excited to write. I reckon I'll write like another five minutes in the next month and a half and maybe another I'll try and write another 10 but I'll just I'll have a bunch of stuff and then going into Perth it'll just be final touches and uh, I reckon this show by mid-February is going to be humming along so I'm very excited about that Um, it's been a sick week I guess last week I was talking about how I've been stressed and been doing stuff and just putting too much pressure on myself and this week I've allowed myself to relax you know it's weird like I don't feel um like I'm I know I'm gonna miss my girlfriend a lot and we've talked a lot about how the next four and a half months is gonna be difficult like it just it is you know and as much as us hanging out like last night we went on a video call with her parents back in Ireland and that was great but like the whole time I was thinking like, you know, the glitches and everything in this video call and how difficult it is to like really properly connect. This is how it's going to be with us for the next four and a half months. And it's going to be work, just like a steady, constant, consistent work um, to, you know, keep it going and, and keep the feeling of closeness that we have. So like... I'm anticipating that and I'm hoping that I'm, I'm trying to like prepare myself for that. But like on the other hand, right now, I don't feel sad. Does that make sense? Like I know I'm going to miss her, but right now, you know, we just hung out for like three days straight. We spent every second together and like, so I don't miss her right now. And we're not saying goodbye forever and that's the important thing. So like... It just feels like we're at the start of this difficult period. And for the next few months, it's just going to be this and it's going to be long, but I think it's also going to go really quickly. Um, And it feels right. And fuck, man, I've been doing this podcast for five years and talking about relationships that I've been in and it's never really just felt like the right thing when I've been in relationships and, um, you know, I don't want to speak for the future because things change or whatever, but right now it feels really right and I'm very excited about that and, uh, and you know, the prospect of like building a life with someone. That's kind of what we've been talking about. How fucking cool is that, man? I had a moment with a friend who I don't, I mean, I, it's like another comic who, um, he's a great dude and I, I really like and respect him and all of that, um, but I don't see him ever, but we did a gig together a few weeks ago and I can't even remember whether I've said this on the podcast, but like he's got, we had a conversation a few years ago. We did a gig together in Hurstbridge and then we caught the train back and it's far. So it's like an hour and a bit, maybe an hour and a half on the train. So we just, we did this gig together and then we got the train together and we were chatting and I know he had just been married and I think he had maybe had his first kid. And, um, 
you know, he was a dude like me. I mean, I've I've known him since it's uh, twenty fourteen, maybe thirteen. So a long time. He was around before I moved to the UK in twenty fourteen. He was a, a comic who had you know been around, just moved back to Melbourne from being overseas for a while. But he was experienced and um. He, I knew him before he got with his partner and like he was a guy who would, you know, sleep around and do all of that stuff when he was younger. And then when we were on the train from Hurstbridge, I remember him talking about that and about the process of like shedding that part of his life and kind of moving on and putting that in the past. And, and um, he told me this story of when he and his wife... I think it was they moved in together maybe or they'd been living together and they were engaged now and he was cleaning out some old stuff and he was like saying that he used to have this girlfriend who was a singer, this amazing opera singer and she went to Juilliard in New York. Um, (laughs) I'm just thinking like, is this my story to tell? I don't know. I think it's fine. I mean, I'm not uh, revealing anything that people in his life don't know and I, I won't say his name. Um (laughs) <laughs> I'm so fucking shit, aren't I? This girlfriend was... Um, this girl was crazy about him and I guess it, it, he was like... I don't know if they were boyfriend and girlfriend but they were just... He was seeing her and she went back to New York and was always saying, you know, come to New York and I'll fly you out and no, no, no. And he said to me, he just... He was like, I knew I couldn't do it because I knew that I wasn't in love with her the way that she was in love with me and as great as it would have been and she was perfect, you know, all the ticks, every box or whatever, but I just didn't feel it. And, um, you know, eventually it kind of faded away once she kind of got the idea. But he said at one point she had made him, like knitted him a sweater (laughs) and sent it to him and it was this beautiful sweater and he was just like, oh my God, man, I fucking, why can't I bring myself to give myself to this girl? I can't do it. And um, he held onto the sweater and, you know, the relationship ended. And anyway, he's cleaning out his house with his his fiance and they're like having a kid together or whatever. And he's going through boxes of stuff and finds that and she or she held it up and she's like, what's this? And he's like, oh, and she kind of gave him a look and he was like, I'll get rid of it. (laughs) Like, yeah, I'll throw it out, you know. Uh, <laughs> and it is man little things like that that I don't know what it's like you know for women or whatever but I guess as a man so much of being a man and so much of like the identity that you build for yourself as a young man especially I think I talk about this a lot is like the idea of like sleeping with women you know being desirable to women being validated by women and Little things like that, like a sweater, like, man, I fight this chick, you know, she's so sick, she does all this stuff, she's so, she's a singer, she's in New York, she's fucking whatever, and she knitted me this sweater, it makes you feel good, look at what this person who is so amazing, and they thought I was so amazing that they gave me this, and I want to hold on to it, because when I look at it, it makes me feel good, and I guess as a man, you kind of have to at some point move on from needing that because if you still need that, how are you going to be able to be one half of a fucking team with someone else? 
How are you going to be in a relationship and start a family and build a life with someone if you still need the validation of other women to be desirable and all of that stuff? How are you going to commit yourself to someone? How are you going to... I, I really believe like if you're in a relationship with someone and you're going to try and start a life and start a family and kids come into the picture eventually and all of that kind of stuff, you got no time to be out running around like chasing pussy basically, Right? looking for that validation um, and if you are, you're neglecting your duties in that partnership and that family. So if you still need that fucking stuff, if you can't throw that jumper out, if you can't bring yourself to throw the jumper out, then, um, you know, maybe you're not ready and that's the, that's the moment is like realizing like this jumper represents a part of my life that was great and I really enjoyed it but like, it's done. So I'm getting rid of it. I'm calling this episode throwing out the jumper. I don't know if I'm there quite yet, but that's where I would like to get to. Anyway, I saw this guy a few weeks ago at this gig and that was the last time I saw him was when he was telling me about that story and he's having, they're, they're having or they've had a second kid now and he's, you know, doing good. He's like, doesn't get to do comedy anymore, which is a shame because he was really funny. And he does it a bit, but like, you know, he said to me, I can tell you still love it. I lost the love for it somewhere and I don't have time. He's like, I try every now and then. I'm like, oh, I'm going to sit down and write some jokes, but I just never have the time to do it. Um, so, um, yeah, anyway, we're at this gig and I was, I was telling him about my girlfriend and about the plan and like, I think we've just decided I'm going to go over there. And he gave me the one of those looks and he was just like, you should do it, man. You should, you should do it. And uh, that felt really cool, you know. It was like he was, I don't even know this guy that well, but it was like he was like, I believe in you because I know where you are now because that's where I was and I am doing it. Look at me, I'm doing it and and you can do it too. And that's fucking awesome, man. It, that meant a lot. That meant a lot to me. Oh, check that fucking, look at that. I really like all those things that I've just said. And I'm, again, I feel good. I don't feel like I'm... I think in the... Man, oh, like... I remember when I was 21, when um, this girl, this girlfriend who I had, this French girl that I met in South America, and she came to Australia from France to be with me. And I just didn't know how to be like, hey, I'm scared and I don't know if this is the right thing. I was 21. I had no fucking idea what I was doing. I let her come to Australia and I told my girlfriend this story like like yesterday or something. I uh, The first weekend when she got to Australia, she's moved to the other side of the world so we can be together. The first weekend, I was like, do you want to come to a party with my mates? And it's like a drug party with like people smoking meth and stuff. <laughs> it's like huge cooked party that I'd, you know, all of my friends were going, I was like, I have to go. I was like, do you want to come? And she was like, no. And I was like, can I still go? <laughs> she was like, okay. And I just went by myself and left her at home with my mom. And like, I remember at that party, I think I did smoke meth. I definitely did drugs. I knew I shouldn't have been doing that. I told her I wasn't going to get fucked up, but I just totally did. I didn't hold back at all. Passed out at the house, woke up in the morning and I remember there was a fire like a little fire pit and some of my mates were still there. They hadn't slept and there was this like older woman who was like 40 who was there with us because it was like an, the people throwing the party were like in their 40s or maybe nah, they were in their 50s, I reckon. 
old drug heads. And um, it was the sickest party, dude. It was like an Alice in Wonderland party. Everything was set up. They had the oh, it was decorations. They went all out. There were like TVs playing the old Alice in Wonderland movie all around. There was a TV under the couch. I remember that. That was so sick. It was just playing the movie. You like look under the couch and it's there. It's like, who's that for? Anyway. And we were standing around this fire and I like, I'd lost my phone, woke up, no phone, no shoes, kind of traipsed around the party and found the stuff and got to the fire and I like messaged my girlfriend and I was like, wait, come pick me up. I think I told my mum or whatever, come pick me up. And uh, we're sitting around this fire or maybe I was even avoiding messaging my girlfriend, but this this older woman, this like 40-year-old woman, I was like telling her the story and my mates were there and I was like, yeah, I got to go back because my girlfriend's there. She's just moved here. And I was talking about it for a while and I remember her listening and then just being like, mate, you, you're not in love with this girl. You don't want to be with this girl. And I was like, I know. What do I do? And she was like, break up with her. And I was like, I don't... I don't know how, and I—that's right. I che- yeah, I cheated on her like a, two weeks before she, yeah, whatever. It just didn't feel right at that point. I didn't know how. I mean, I was an idiot. I had no idea how to even investigate how I felt or ask myself those questions and talk to the person and all of this stuff. Anyway, fuck. I didn't realize I was going to talk about all this now, but oh, it's it's good, isn't it? It's good. Did you guys? I would love if anyone has any thoughts on that. Or if anyone knows what I'm talking about, even if you want to fucking, if you got some words of advice for me, I mean, I've got it all figured out. I don't know what advice you'd have for me. I'm fucking sorted, mate. I'm a genius. You guys are the losers. <laughs> if you got any advice for me, man, or if you've just, if you know that kind of position of like stick or twist, like this is it, I'm going to try and commit myself to someone. It's hard, right? Just fucking give me a message and talk to me about it if you if you if you want, because I would love that. Because I'm thinking about it a lot, and it's scary but exciting. What else do I want to say? Today we went and saw some crocodiles. We went down this the Adelaide River and um, did like a little crocodile. You know, you go down. Oh, this fucking guy, man! Talk about fucking idiots. This. <laughs> We got on the cruise. It's like a thing. You pay some money. You go out for an hour with a couple guides. They dangle bits of meat over the side and crocodiles jump up and grab it, right? And the dude running the tour was just so... Both of them, you could tell, were just so passionate. They had all names for all the different crocodiles and they knew them and they like even kind of had like an idea of their personalities and stuff and the guy running the thing, the captain was like talking about it. He was a young dude. He would have been younger than me. He would have been like in his in his 20s, I reckon. And um, you could tell he loved it because at the end he was like, thank you guys for coming so much because the, you guys are the people who make this possible and without you, we'd have to get real jobs. And I was like, this is it. This is a fucking, this isn't a real job for him. This is just fun. This is just, he gets paid to do the, shit that he loves hang out on the river and fuck around with crocodiles and be in nature it's so sick and um it was also kind of cool to get that perspective because to me i wasn't looking at him going like get a real job i was looking at him going this is a real job and sometimes i think i get really insecure about stand up and like i in my head i think like this isn't a real job and i think that 
I feel almost like I'm kind of begging people, you know, please come to my shows and like support me. And I feel like I'm almost asking for people's patronage when they come to my shows, like that they're, all right, mate, I'll donate you a little bit of money so you can keep fucking around and doing your silly thing. And it's like, maybe that's how he feels, you know? But I didn't feel like I was giving him a bit of money to support him in his frivolous endeavor. I felt like I was going and getting to do a sick thing and look at crocodiles that I've never seen before. And maybe that's how people feel when they come and see me do stand-up if I do well and they're really into it. It's like they're not just altruistically, you know, supporting some guy who won't just grow up and get a job. They're coming and experiencing someone do great stand-up, which is really valuable to them. And it's not... It's it's not... No, what what I don't feel like I'm really saying this right. It's not them supporting me. It's not them coming and just doing me a favor. It's an exchange and it's a fair exchange and I think I'd I'd love to start seeing it like that because it's like indicative of some sort of low self-esteem on my part that I don't, you know. It's like I do a good thing. I should put value on it. Look at me today, mate. Look at me growing and learning and expressing myself and not making fun of myself when I'm sincere. Anyway, we do so we go on this we go on this crocodile tour and uh, we get on and there was a guy wearing like a like a polo shirt with the name of some tourism thing on the breast that I was like maybe he works here and he kept going like all right guys come on and. I thought he worked at the place, but then he sat down on the boat next to me in just one of the seats for regular people. And I realized, oh, he doesn't work for this place at all, but he's just got this shirt on. I was like, maybe he's like the boss or something, the way that he's held himself. And I sat down next to him and he goes, where are you from? And I was like, I'm from Melbourne. And he was like, where's that? And like punched me on the shoulder. And I was like, all right. I kind of tried to throw one back at him. I was like, oh, it's somewhere in Asia. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that meant. I'm not good at banter. I don't fucking do jokes, all right? In the words of my great friend Kyle Legacy, jokes are for cruise ships. So this guy, he's just one of these, you know? He wants to joke with everyone. He's fucking turns around to the other guys and he's like, oh, yeah, I own... I don't know why. He was just like, I own three caravan parks in Adelaide, this one. Because the guy was like, I'm from Adelaide. He's like, oh, yeah, I own three caravan parks there. This one and that one and that one. And they're chatting and in that moment, I was like, I want this guy to like me because he's like confident in the center of attention, right? Wrong. I was wrong. He fuck, he tricked me. So we're sitting there, we go out on the thing and uh, the guy explicitly says, don't stand up. Just that's, you just you don't stand up. You're not allowed to stand up. You'll see everything. It'll be fine. We're going to go to both sides and get the crocodiles to jump up. So just no standing up. What does he do? He stands up. And the guy's like, just grab, yep, if you could just sit down, everyone. (laughs) And then people are asking questions and it's all nice. And he's standing up and he's fucking got his foot on the rail and he's been a smart ass. And the guy's like 60 something. He's got to be in his 60s. You just think at that point... Surely you figured it out. And then at one point, one of the crocodiles, so cool, they're missing two front legs. One of the, like the mum, I think her nickname, her name's Mama. She's missing two front legs because they get in fights and the guy's explaining how they get in fights 
and the way they fight is like they start off just like puffing up and looking big and then they bump in against each other, which he said is like if two wrestlers do an arm wrestle first, it's like they're bumping up is like it's the prelude to a fight and if neither of them backs down, then they really start fighting and they try and bite the neck and the front legs are near the neck, so sometimes the front legs get twisted off. If they get a bite on the front legs, then they just spin around in the water until the, you know, until it twists off the body. So this... This lady croc, mama, she's missing two front legs, but he's like, it's all good. They don't really need their legs that much. They're all for swimming in the water and like, it's not ideal, but she's still a great mum without her front legs. And when she jumped out of the water, you can see the little stumps and fucking smart ass, three caravan parks, Magoo goes, oh, I used to date a girl without any legs and the blah, 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 blah. He just tell, he's just... Launches in a gear. <laughs> he's just doing, he's just running gear to the boat and it bombed so hard. He got nothing. And then I just went into, so when they eat the fish head, how do they digest the, the bones and stuff? Just asked a factual question. And he didn't really talk much after that, which I did like. I was like, how does that feel, cunt? Take the bomb. Take it. Eat it. These crocodiles are eating fish heads. You're eating a big, fat, juicy bomb, mate. How does that feel? Oh, it was so good. <coughs> Sorry. And uh, my girlfriend, when we got back to the car, she was like, when everyone stood up, one of the guys in front of her looked... Uh, sorry, one of the guys behind old mate looked across and made eyes at her and made a face to be like, this fucking guy. <laughs> like everyone hated him. Oh, it was so good. I think that's it, hey? What am I calling the podcast? Giving away the jumper. Giving away the jumper? Throwing the ju- throwing away the jumper. Throwing the fucking... I'll go back and... F- I think it was throwing out, throwing out the jumper. That's what I'm going to call it. I'll call it throwing out the jumper and I'm going to give... The picture this week is going to be... Man, I took some pictures of these crocs, hey? Um, where's my camera there? Oh, I got some sick pictures of the Crocs. We did, oh, so we did sunset yesterday on Mindle Beach. Incredible sunset. We saw these mangroves, these like saltwater mangroves just from the shore of the beach going out. They were tiny. They all looked like bonsai trees. Oh, it was sick. We've had a great week. It's been fantastic. These shows have been amazing. Big ups to Amy Hetherington, aka, dude, at the end of my set in uh, Humpty Doo, I finished my set, like I finished all the jokes and then I was like, come and scan my QR code and I'm doing another tour and I was, I've finished the material so I'm just talking at this point, I'm not performing anymore and I was trying to remember Amy Hetherington, my friend and like the queen of Northern Territory Comedy who's organized the tour and I was like, she'll come up and tell you and I couldn't find her name and I just said, Thingo's going to come up (laughs) and they were such a good audience, they were still listening to the point where they had realized that I'd, I'd forgotten her name and they all were just like, Thingo, is that her name, mate? Is her name Thingo? And I just went, oh, God. And her parents were there and they came up to me afterwards and they went, thank you so much. We're going to call her Thingo forever. That's awesome. Anyway, I'm rambling now. I want a, a picture of, uh, yeah, one of these crocs jumping out of the water. Um, throwing out the jumper. That's it. You got to commit. You got to commit. You got to fucking man up or whatever it is. You just, you got to, you know, 
throw childish things aside. Grow up at some point. I'm trying to grow up. That's what I'm trying to do. All right. That's me. Thank you guys very much for listening. If you've liked it, chuck us some reviews. Spotify, iTunes, do all of those. And uh, you know what? This week I might chuck a song on because I reckon I'm going to make this the song at the end of my show this year. Um, because it is kind of about growing up, I think, and it's about reminiscing on your childish days. It's uh, it's Week Become Heroes by The Streets. Anyway, thanks for listening this week. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace. Turn left up the street, nothing but grey concrete and dead beats. Grab something to eat, Mackie D's or KFC. Only one choice in the city. Done voicing my pity, now let's get to the nitty gritty. Tune reminds me of my first D. Plight unique, still 16 and feeling horny. Point to the sky, feel free. See a people all equal, smiles in front and behind me. Swim in the deep blue sea, cornfields sway lazily. All smiles, all easy. Where you from, what's your on and what's your story? Mesmerising tones, rising pianos, this is my zone, so stop cloning. Pick paper, scissors or stone. Cause me and you are the same. Known you all my life, I don't know your name. Her name's European Bob, sorted. Anyway, have a dance now, see you later. Pleased to meet you, likewise, a pleasure. We were just in our home. We went You all smile, you all sing. We become Sing, you all sing, sing. The night slowly fades and goes slow motion. All the commotion becomes floating emotions. Same piano loops over. Arms wave, eyes roll back and jaws fall open. Seeing soft focus. Chatting to this bloke in the toilets. Dizzy new heights, blinded by the lights. These people are for life. It's all back to his place at the end of the night. Yo. They could settle wars with this, if only they will. Imagine the world's leaders on pills, and imagine the morning after. Wars causing disaster. Don't talk to me, I don't know ya. But this ain't tomorrow, and for now I still love ya. Hours fly over. Sail round, diamonds and pearls. Never seen so many fit girls. Discover new worlds. Look at my watch, can't focus. Last two hours I lost. Every move fills me with lust. All of life's problems I just shake off. Hell. Mad little events happen, things map out and a few blue maddens are like the toilets. Big beefy bouncers out to reveal us. Geezers on ease and first timers, kids on whiz, darlings on Charlie. All come together for this party. All races, many faces from places you never heard of. Where you're from, what's your name and what you want. Sing to the words, fex to the fat ones. The tribal drums, the sun's rising. We all smile, we all sing. Then the girl in the cafe taps me on the shoulder. I realise five years went by and I'm older. Memories smoulder, winter's colder. But that same piano loops over and over and over. 
The road shines and the rain washes away. Same Chinese takeaway, selling shit in a tray. It's dark all round, I walk down. Same sights, same sounds, new beats though. Solid concrete under my feet. No surprises, no treats. The world stands still as my mind sloshes round. The washing up bowl in my crown. My life's been up and down since I walked from that crowd. We were just in Smile, you all sing. We become heroes in the starlight. You all sing, you all sing, sing. 